Hey friends, welcome back to Flourishing in Faith. If you're on your daily walk, drive to work or school, or simply just making dinner, I pray these conversations bring glory to God and ultimately draw you closer to Him. I decree that your relationship with Jesus will flourish and faithful fruit will be the evidence of that. Alrighty friends, welcome back to Podcastmas. We are in day 17 right now. Amazing, so excited. We are so close to ending Podcastmas. Only have a few episodes left. And I'm so thankful that you guys are joining me and being here just for this little journey. I've never done a series for a daily series um, ever before. And I just pray that this will just be fruitful for you guys and that you guys can learn some wonderful, wonderful things from the Lord just about as I'm learning. So we're going through the book of Luke and we're in Luke 17 as it is day 17. And if you have your Bibles, go read Luke on your own. See what you can get out of it. And if you wanted to share with the community, if you're on YouTube, comment down below what you have learned from it and what you got out of it and also if you're on instagram follow me on there we have broadcast channel where you can we can chat back and forth and you can even have kind of community back there to be able to communicate about luke 17 all right let's get into it so the beginning of luke 17 he talks about offenses and verse one it says it is impossible that no offenses should come but woe to them through whom they do come. So no offense is impossible for there's no offenses in his life. And that's very true. Very true in my life and in what I've experienced. It's impossible that nobody is going to be offended or have an offense towards another. But woe to him through those offenses come. Through whom they do come. So it's like woe to the person that causes that offense. Hmm. And offense, it literally means and translates stumbling block, something that someone trips over. And talking about division and false teaching and talking about all this division that it creates in the church, offense, just because we have become offensed, become offended. And the thing that he tells us to do in verse 3 and 4 is to forgive to forgive, forgive quickly. And if it says, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. But if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And it is, it's a command. It's a, a command that we shall forgive continually. And it is something that it is hard when it is family relationships, especially, or if it is um, people that are close to you or your your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend. It is hard when it is a seven times a day kind of a situation, but it encourages us to not even let this stumbling block of offense build up out of unforgiveness. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's so true that I do not want offense to reign in my heart because I did not choose to forgive seven times that one day. I'm not going to let the root of offense come into my life because I refuse to forgive and forget (laughs) and forgive and and let it go to God. So that was really, really good. In the verse five through seven, it talks, the disciples are, or the apostles say to the Lord, increase our faith. And that the disciples felt a need for a greater faith to meet the standard of Jesus. 
that obviously they had seen. They had seen the miracles. They had seen the teachings. And they're like, Lord, increase our faith. We want faith like you, Jesus. And so Jesus says, if you have faith at the mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. So a mulberry tree is apparently a really large, strong tree. Very, very strong tree with deep roots. And a mustard seed is obviously we think of a seed. It's very, very, very small. Very small seed. Not even a tree yet. It's just a simple seed. If you have little faith, there's great things that can happen because of who you have faith in. And I was reading in the commentary and it was talking about how you how it kind of explained how we can see our own faith. And it was saying how you can look at your own eye in a mirror. But then even then you can never fully you can never actually see your eye because obviously it's in your body. Like I can see my hand. I can put it in front of me, look at it, but I can't see my eye. Because that's what I'm using to see. Unless I look at a mirror. And even if I look at a mirror, it's not going to be the same as if somebody comes up to me and looks at my eyes. Because that's, it's very different. And it's very similar with our faith. And it's hard to kind of view that faith and kind of view where it's at. But it is, is always wonderful to ask to increase our faith. Because... Obviously, there's greater faith that we can receive. And I want to receive. I want to have more and more faith and trust in my God on this side of heaven. And so it was wonderful that they asked to God to increase their faith. And the mustard seed is very small. And it could move a very strong tree with deep roots. With deep roots of... I mean, it makes me think of deep roots. Deep roots make me think of deep roots, you know, not even just in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, like deep roots of anxiety, deep roots of fear and worry and even like generational stuff, like generational curses and generational spirits over people. I I just think of deep roots in that sense, that that little faith that you have in Christ, that that little faith that, yeah, I know Jesus heals. I know he, I know he saves. I know he is the kind of God that, that delivers and takes demonic entities out of people. Like, I know that that's the kind of God that I serve. And that will take that tree and pull it up by the roots and let it be planted in the sea. It will completely uproot these things. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. And then in 7 through 10, um, Jesus is kind of talking about... Um, this ministry that they're coming into and that it's hard and it was saying how in verse in verse 8 it says well will he not rather say to him prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me until i have eaten and drunk and afterwards you will eat and drink does he does he thank his servant because he did these things that were commanded of him i think not so likewise you, and you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what are our duty to do. And I think we think we plow all day long with the Father, and it, it says the people that plowed and were tending to sheep, and they'll come in from the field, and they expect that somebody will say, oh, come sit down and eat. But it, what is really going to happen is 
God's going to say, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me until I have eaten. And then afterward, you will eat. And that seems very contrary. But it really, this life is not about us. It is God's pleasure before our own. It is his name before our own. And when we're tired, when we're weary from the day, when we're weary of we're not we're weary from the well doing of that we've done. I mean, I think of people that were plowing and people that were tending sheep, people who are in leadership and people who are in the workplace. Working hard for God, working hard for all these things, but God really humbles the people in there when they come back home. When they come back to their safe place that it is still their duty to please God. And to thank him and to serve him still daily. It is a continual, it's a continual thing. And it's not just merely fulfilling a duty that you're called to do. It is a lifelong task of being a disciple of Christ. It is not just on a stage or off a stage. It is not just in your home or outside of your home. It is a lifelong duty to maintain this relationship with Christ and to maintain the, the pleasure of God. I mean, just pleasing God in every aspect of our life. So, that was really interesting. And then in verse 11 through 19 talks about these 10 lepers that were cleansed by Jesus. And this is a really interesting way that Jesus decided to cleanse them. And that in verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. The one condition of healing for these lepers was their obedience. And I thought it was interesting that it said, as they went, that it was a healing that was progressive, that it was noted that with the words, as they went, they were cleansed. The 10 lepers healing avoided, avoided several lessons. One, not all healing is at the moment of prayer. Instant healings are often expected, whereas this illustrates the healing in progress our process over a period of time following prayer and I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that like like it was saying in my bible it talks about people getting healing instantly but there is something to say that there's people that were that that this healing requires obedience to go to the priest and then as they were going they were healed and so maybe your healing is going to come from your obedience and I think that just charges us all to be ever more obedient. Even if we're looking for healing or if we're not, maybe that healing will come on our way. And I'm believing that it will come on our way for you and for us. Alrighty. Then in verse 15 through 19, one of them came back to Jesus. And when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down at his feet, giving him thanks. And this man was a Samaritan. And we talk about the Samaritans and the Jews. They're kind of um, enemies in some senses. But he didn't care. He came and glorified God and was grateful. And Jesus answered and told and asked him, Where were the other ten people? Where were the other ten lepers that I cleansed? Where were they? 
and he, it, it was just, he was grieving for those, those other ten, but where are those nine, you know, where are the nine that were left, and he told to the one that was there to arise and go your way, because your faith has made you well, and your faith has made you well. It's not necessarily just physically, but also spiritually. It also talks about even more of a salvation rather than just health. That this grateful foreigner received more than just a physical healing. And he received a healing in his body, but also in his spirit. And I'm just like, wow. Because he had shown gratitude. And it just shows how important gratitude is. And gratitude and obedience coming together. Like, how wonderful is that? Because what if we were grateful for the times that we have to be unexpectedly obedient? And it's interesting, the way I say unexpectedly obedient, it's just in a lot of ways that we have to be obedient is in unexpected ways and and just things that maybe we don't want to do, but being grateful to do it because of the person that called us to do it, like Jesus called us to maybe go pray over this person at Walmart, and if he tells you to do that, be grateful in doing, and be grateful for what he has done through that, even if you're not seeing it, even if that person is healing is coming on the way. I just, I think there's more spiritual healing that comes with the gratefulness as well as the obedience tied together. Alrighty. And then verse 20 through 21, 21, the Pharisees actually come to ask Jesus, when did the kingdom of God would come? When the kingdom of God would come? And Jesus is basically explained the kingdom of God is not external or physical, but it's rather internal and spiritual. And, and he said in verse 21 that the kingdom of God is within you. It is the spiritual, not the physical. And they would often think that this faith, this salvation would be a external political like domain that would that the, the Pharisees thought that this their Messiah would take down the Roman Empire and would be have a physical domain here on earth, but it, it is, but in a different way. It is in a in a more spiritual sense. And then in verse 22, the rest of the chapter in verse 37, it talks about the expectation of Jesus coming back. And the commentary was talking about how believers must lift in, live in constant expectation and readiness for Christ's return. In contrast, living, abs- living absorbed in routine pursuits of life as though they were permanent. And then it says that one thing that really stuck out to me was in verse 32, this is all it says in verse 32. It says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Remember her? She turned back and she perished because she turned back. She turned back on and she wanted to go back to this time. She wanted to go back to and wanted to go back to these earthly possessions. She turned back and because she turned back, she perished with everybody else. And we cannot live this life in a routine pursuit of it because it's going to fade away. I was talking to my mom today and we were talking about just kind of this life that we, especially in America, just kind of like the stepping stones of the life where we have go 
to the next step to the next step to the next step to promotion to promotion to promotion and that's what we're pursuing instead of pursuing eternal things like at one point you know i've wanted like i think i think i said last episode one point i wanted to you know, do investment properties and make a lot of money and i'm like well what what's the point in that because that's not going to get me closer to heaven ministry helping others learn more about god and myself learning more about god that's going to get me to heaven that's going to get me closer to christ and that's what i'm looking for that's what we're all need to be looking for him and seeking him and ex- and waiting expectantly for him and doing and you know bringing the kingdom of god together and uniting the kingdom and i thought that was just so beautiful to remember lot's wife to not hold on to these possessions of the world so tightly that god can't change our plans like we have to hold things with open hands ready for god to take it out of our hands if needed and to put some new things in our hands because if we hold it with clenched hands then god can't use it god can't mold us we have to hold our life with open hands friends Alrighty, friends. Friends, thank you so much for joining. I hope you have an amazing day. And thank you for joining Podcastmas Day 17. And I'll see you tomorrow for Podcastmas Day 18. Yeah. And yeah. Bye, friends.